backslash Giffy and then you just write dick. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Roadhouse. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like Roadhouse, our dancing is over. Now it's time to get dirty. I don't really think that tagline sums up the film itself, to be honest. I think that was just more of a play on words about day dancing. What, what do you reckon a better tagline for Roadhouse would be? Um... Let's just move swiftly on. Obviously, you're not all Hollywood writers, are you? Anyway, seriously, if you've never heard this show before, then strap your testicles into your ridiculously high waisted jeans because we're about to roundhouse kick some fun directly into your ears. <laughs> that's, that's a tagline right there that's a tagline yeah, yeah. yeah. tagline is almost as sexist as the film itself <laughs> this summer strap your testicles into your jeans. <laughs> essentially we take a film and we put it on trial it's as simple as that uh, there'll also be a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained including a caption contest a quiz some average impressions some awful xylophone playing some silly sound effects and a lot of banter. So do stick around. Now, this week's film on trial is the cult 1989 action thriller Roadhouse. Is it Patrick Swayze or Patrick Standing Stillsy? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, what? This is abstract. <laughs> well, for once, I don't go blue. Yeah. Thank you very much. Anyway, hopefully we're going to find out whether it's a good film or whether it's not. Anyway, just to say, this will be a very spoilerific episode. So if you haven't seen Roadhouse yet, check it out. It's free if you own it on DVD like I do. Or it's available on Amazon Prime for about five ninety nine. It's free on Netflix. Free on Netflix. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, there we go. If you pay for Netflix subscription, it is free. (laughs) Or I will lend you the DVD on the condition that you send it back to me. Uh, Or you can listen to this episode after you've watched the film, or you can just trust our judgments. Uh, Alternatively, you can fast forward to this week's quiz, which is brought to you by me, which will start around the 40-minute mark, I reckon. Uh, Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was Extraction, and that was judged by... I can't remember. Actually, there we go. Uh, it was me. It you, was and me. you deemed that it should be placed on the shit list? I did. I did. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and you've I since was... watched the film? <laughs> I have since watched the film and I was completely right to put it on the shit list. Uh, <laughs> I, I know there was a little bit of division about it, but I, I didn't like, I didn't care for this film at all. I, th- I thought some of the action was okay, but the story was just so generic it was absurd and yeah it just didn't have anything that really kept me going i also thought the way it was like filmed in that like yellow filter just looked like the camera full of piss the entire (laughs) (laughs) and and you you know that 11 minute i was really looking forward to that 11 minute um shot that 11 minute take it is not an 11 minute take like the camera just keeps like going up into Chris Hemsworth's back or up his arse or something and then like zooms back out again. So it's clearly like that's a, that's a, you know. Yeah, oh, I mean, no, no, they didn't cut this. away. They did not. <laughs> they just kept going in. Yeah, the cameraman just The cameraman just needs a break. <laughs> yeah, but. Chris Hemsworth's shoulders. <laughs> it reminded me about how much that annoyed me in 1917. So, uh, so no, I didn't care for it. I, I'm glad it's on the shit list. Oh, well, strong, harsh words. Thank you very much. Uh, on to the bulk of the show, then. This week's film, as mentioned before, is Roadhouse. I've actually prepared the song this week, so hopefully it'll be slightly better than it usually is. Right, there we go. Well, I mean, it is better than it usually is. Not saying that much, though, is it? <laughs> it's hard now. Like, just record this in lockdown. One of the many frustrations is that, like, I've got to hold the the xylophone right to the mic, but the mic's attached to my face, so I can't even see the keys then playing. Anyway, what was, was it the happy song? Birthday. Happy birthday. 
Oh, I, I'm not gonna, honestly, if you were here right now, I would round house kick those earphones off. It wasn't happy with the well, it, it sounded something like a. Was it smack my bitch up? It wasn't smack my bitch up. What did you say? Is this the way to Amarillo? It was. Is this the way oh, to Amarillo? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> Literally, just before we started recording, I was like, um, Oh, I, I need the song that has the word road in. And I've just realized now that that doesn't actually have the road. That's, sorry, that's not the way. word road in, does it? Is this the way, the way to Amarillo? It's not even in the right state for the film. <laughs> 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 right, well, you could have done that. Country Roads. I could have. There's just so many good ones. Country Roads would literally have been great because, you know, it's in a I country. Mean, if, if, I, if I could play the mobile phone. Well. Jeff Healy is in He could have done any Jeff Healy stuff or Roadhouse Blues by The Doors. You know, oh. there's like a lot of things that I could have done, but yep. I didn't. Let's not pass yep. on it, right? I'm a failure. Let's move on. Yep. Anyway, uh, the, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> right, um, so this film was picked out of the hat at random and was recommended us to long-time listener Phil Moriarty, who says it's one of his favourite films, uh, but that you could definitely make an argument that it is shit. So yeah, you def- it, definitely, definitely Phil. <laughs> <laughs> he said make an argument Alex he didn't say it was actually shit but it sounds like the perfect film for us to put on child to be honest anyway all of the roles have also been picked out at random so in defence and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Dave and me now I'm a little bit like Kevin Teague's club owner Tillman what's his name I can't remember Tillman what it's just Tillman isn't it Tillman Tillman yeah. I'm like him uh, on paper I'm a pretty decent guy but you still can't help thinking that I'm one step away from doing something really shitty. <laughs> I think you knew if you'd given yourself Patrick Swayze, you would have just kicked off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I can see him just like doing drafts and scrumping them up. Like, you know, them into my thing. No, no, no. As I wanted to say, I was just like Patrick Swayze. And I just couldn't think of anything that I'd be Dave is a little bit like Sam Elliott's way Garrett. Yes. Great voice. <laughs> Great voice. Even better pubic hair. <laughs> oh, I'll take so, it. I'm Sam uh, Elliott. I'll take it. That's one, that's one of my favourite ones ever. <laughs> and after this persecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be Joel and Alex. Joel is a little by sorry, is a little bit like Ben Gazaraz, Brad Wesley. He's a shitbag with the trophy room. Although his trophy room is full of Pokemon cards. <laughs> and Alex is just like, ready for this, Patrick Swayze's James Dalton. Yeah, Come on then. Well, let's see. He has had to attend accident and emergency departments to get a nasty cut attended to. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it because it's true. <laughs> and, uh, just like real court advocates, we'll be making the best case for our roles. These may or may not be our real opinions, though. So do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear our genuine thoughts. Which means this week, Ozzy will be playing the judge. Ozzy is a little bit like Jeff Healy's Cody. He's a very talented musician who also dresses like a blind man. <laughs> now, Ozzy must decide, which I think that's my favorite one of all time. To be honest. Now, now, Ozzy must decide which list the film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. Now, before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. Why bother spinning it, Gav? We, we all know who it's going on. <laughs> now, uh, what we do is we read out the synopsis in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film this week. It's landed on Joel. I refuse. <laughs> just purely on the basis that we all know you want to do it. <laughs> I've actually got... Uh, it's Dave here, but I just wanted to pick you because you were being an ass. So. Uh, I'm... Uh, protesting against it and I think we can all agree that we all want to hear you do it yeah we want to go hear on, you be Patrick Swayze go on go yeah come on be Patrick Swayze I literally Swayze. cannot be Patrick Swayze I was, I was try, expecting try. You can, well you can do I've Sam Elliott I've just given you just do it I believe in you I want to hear Sam Elliott myself but. it's a short one as well can I do, can I do uh, Sam Elliott instead because pa- I literally can't think of how Patrick Swayze sounds I, I, I want to hear Sam Elliott I, I want to hear Sam Elliott Sam Elliott okay. go for it okay 
a tough bouncer is hired to tame a dirty bar. <laughs> not bad. Yeah. I like it. I like Late it. to Sam Elliott, but yeah, not bad. How <laughs> <laughs> does Patrick Swayze sound? What today? Just a pretty standard, yeah, yeah. An unremarkable American accent. Just, uh, hey, thanks, Dave. You, thanks, Dave. He's on your side. <laughs> <laughs> unremarkable. Is it what the, the lead the lead actor's accent is not distinguishable? <laughs> that's a, that's a criticism. <laughs> when you've got a face that handsome, you don't need a distinguishable accent. Beautiful singing uh, voice as well. <laughs> uh, but, but now, without further hesitation, Ozzy, would you like to please kick off proceedings? Yeah, well, um, this one has sparked the most debate over all of the films we've done this year. I think just on the just on the uh, the WhatsApp group. So, so yeah, I'm really I'm, I'm quite looking forward to hearing what everyone's got to say about it. Um, and as it's your choice, Gav, and as you seem the most excited about all of it, I'm going to let you set out the gr- the groundwork. Tell me why is this a great film? Four words: Patrick Swayze's bare ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's really, that should make this film Alex <laughs> over to you <laughs> I've got nothing I've got nothing it's too strong, it's too strong an argument <laughs> you know as stories go this is quite a simplistic one you know it's one that we've uh, seen before but it's maybe one that hasn't been done as well uh, it's about uh, Frank Toom um, is that his name who the hell Tillman is it that's it Tillman, Tillman. the owner of the uh, Double Deuce asks Patrick Swayze's Dalton to leave his job bouncing at the bandstand and come over and clean his club it's a hard task as Frank says it used to be a sweet deal but now it's the kind of place where they sweep up eyeballs after closing <laughs> Now, the, uh, the thing is, is that when it gets there, it's a very rough dive. And Patrick Swayze has the job of being like the head bouncer. He's in charge of the entire pub and he has to basically clean up, which means getting out all the scumbags, all the drug dealers, all the kind of um, the original bouncers who are letting in underage people and just not doing their job properly. And with that comes obviously a lot of shit because the town is essentially run by this one uh, very wealthy business owner whose name is Wesley, Brad Wesley. And he basically runs the entire town. He runs the flow of drugs and alcohol through that bar. And when his men are essentially evicted from the bar, he takes it, he takes umbrage essentially, and he wages a war against Patrick Swayze's Dalton. Along the way, uh, Dalton, he meets a lovely young lady uh, who's a doctor at the local uh, hospital and his old friend, uh, Wade, played by Sam Elliott, comes to town to help out uh, Dalton as the three of them wage war against Wesley and his men and you know the thing is it's ex- exciting it's it's adventurous it's basically Patrick Swayze without a top on roundhouse kicking a number of people in the face and what can you not like about that all right, um, straight over to a prosecution just to, to come back in. It sounds exciting. It sounds good. You know, Patrick Swayze, he's a good looking guy. He's, he's buff. Sam Elliott, a good looking guy. Buff. Um, what more do you want to see? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, those two things are true. I'm not going to lie. Patrick Swayze and Sam Elliott are both buff men. Uh, but the, you know, Gav, Gav's story doesn't, uh, you know, it, it sounds a lot better the way Gav tells it. I, I feel like this film, it started off trying to be one thing and it ended up a complete mess. So the, third, the the actual setup is what Gav was saying. Uh, he's brought, you know, um, Dalton's brought over to this complete dive <coughs> place, the double juice, to be the bouncer and to, you know, bring order back to it. And at first you're like, okay, cool, I can get behind it. Everything's happening, people are doing drugs behind the back, people are skimming out of the bar, blah, 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 blah. and you're like, oh, this is a nice little story. I mean, he's going to go in, sort out the bar, you know, there'll be some issues and da-da-da-da-da, and, and all done. The thing is... That, that that's a setup to the film, and that happens instantly. So he instantly sorts out the bar. So the juice is just sorted. It gets a makeover. He does the job like pretty much within the first, you know, five. No, what is it? Fifteen minutes of arriving at the bar. He sorted it out, and it's done. And it's like, well, where's the story meant to go from here? The setup is different from what comes next. And what comes next is just batshit crazy uh action that doesn't make any sense like this the um ben gazaru plays brad wesley is this villainous character who's just absurdly villainous like it he doesn't seem to have any reason for what he's doing he owns the town and he just completely smashes over it's just ridiculous it's pantomime uh villainy and it, it just see it's just is a ridiculous um nemesis to have basically so the film just segues 
straight for, away from him being a bouncer and sorting out this club to him having this huge, big, like sort of um, vendetta against this guy who owns the town. It keeps going on, trundles along for another hour or so. And at the end, this bouncer just turns into a total uh, special forces guy. Goes in and just takes out completely the uh, the entire um, town, basically. So I don't know. It's 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 a bizarre story uh, that doesn't. It's not how it's set up. It ends up uh, in a completely different place. Right. So it changes the hair. I was going to say. So I could hear almost everything you said there, Alex. But um, it was a little bit crackly. Um, That's weird. How come? I don't know. Probably terrible internet connection. That everyone, everyone in the world is is trying to watch uh, Roadhouse now that it's free on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> after that, after that uh, terrible argument to come back at. No, seriously, I, I think uh, Alex makes a few good points there, uh, gents. Is that it's set up within uh, fifteen minutes, and and it sounds like a very interesting setup, and then after that, it becomes uh, action for action's sake. It's almost uh, a completely different film that that's just there, just purely for. For blowing shit up and round out some people. Um, defense, Dave? Um, yeah, I disagree. I think there's a bit more to it than that. I mean, it doesn't need uh, this big complicated setup. You don't need to go around the houses, around the roadhouses with it. You can just get straight into the matter. <laughs> and, you know, within within five, ten minutes, you know where this film is going. You know what, what it's going to be. It's not a complicated story. Its beauty is in its simplicity. So, therefore, you know, you don't need to take too long laying the groundwork and building foundations for it. Let's just get into the, into the, the nitty-gritty of it and get straight into the matter. And that's what this film does it doesn't waste any time you know it's a, it's a blockbuster action film it's a very simple film it's not a complicated plot this is essentially the plot of every western uh, that we have seen essentially you know it's a small town a backwater town run by you know there's no law there's the, this uh, corrupt wealthy man the richest man in town has gone corrupt and there's no one to hold him in the check the townspeople are, are too meek or too powerless to look after themselves and defend themselves against him and those that have gone to him seeking power and are now his cronies and it takes a hero coming into town a stranger who basically comes in essentially on a white horse or in a Buick and sorts things out for the townspeople. You know, that's essentially what this is. It's an old school Western story, but it's just been shifted more into what was the modern age uh, in 1989. It was contemporary when it was released. So, um, yeah. And with regards to Ben Gazzara, he is a Western villain. He is that corrupted wealthy man in town. That is essentially what he has become. And it, it, it's, uh, it, it knows what it wants to be. It knows which direction it's going. It just elevates. The film builds. It crescendos, essentially. You know, you say you by the end of it, you're just left with this seas of carnage and this these uh, brutal action sequences. It's building to that. It's a slow build. The whole film is just building up to that crescendo, that final set piece, that final battle by the water, and then the battle in, in Wesley's house. It's just building for those moments and for these action set pieces but it knows what it wants to be and it's taking you in that direction from the word go okay then this is probably a, probably a moot point it doesn't really matter is it a real town where it's based or is it you know is it in a real don't think so maybe a fictional town it probably is mentioned at some point um i think it's a fictional town isn't but it, it basically Well, no, I was just trying to work out how does one man get so powerful that he's... No, he's, I'm sorry, you know, it is a real town. Them. It's it's Jasper in county in Missouri. So Jasper okay. County in Missouri. So it's it's possibly a fictional town, but it's it's got a real setting in Jasper County. Yeah, okay. you just think about Mayor Joe Anderson, Ozzy, when you're thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> similar similar sort of vibe then. Um, I'm going to let Alex just come back on a couple of uh, days' points. He put his hand up pretty early on, so... Yeah, just... Uh, I, I, it is a Western. It is based on that. But it's it doesn't make any sense that he's a bouncer, and I don't know why he's a bouncer. It's like they start off with him being a bouncer, and yeah, let's do the bouncer thing, and then it flips to the, being a lawless town. So if you've been a cop or something like that, the second half of the film would make much more sense. It's almost like they felt the first half didn't have enough with the bouncing in it. So let's just flip it over. And he's just this, oddly enough, just this weird special forces guy who just, just seems to be able to take everyone out. So that, that's just my only point. It is a film of two things and it doesn't make sense that he's a bouncer because it doesn't spend that long him with him being a bouncer. I think, you know, it makes perfect sense. He's a bouncer. He's been brought in to clean up the bar the majority of the scenes revolve around the bar. You know, the bar is one of the biggest, if not the biggest businesses in the entire town. 
So, yeah, I mean, like, obviously not every scene can take place in the bar. You know, some of it's got to take place outside. And, you know, he's still a bouncer, but it's just his day off. (laughs) (laughs) Just an unstoppable bouncer. (laughs) (laughs) About a man who's who's studied philosophy. To be like... What I like to think of it is it's a bit like uh, the Magnificent Seven, but there's only two of them. <laughs> it's like the Magnificent Two. I'm fucking the swearing. Uh, magnificent. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Okay, go on, Dave. You got a, you had a point to add to. Yeah, there. just a quick point. It, it wouldn't have worked if he was a lawman. It would have it would have lost something. That would have been possibly the typical Western way of looking at it. But if he's a lawman, he comes with an authority greater than his own. He comes with state. Remember, it, it is contemporized. It was 1989, so he would come with state authority or even federal authority. And that's too much. He's got to be a little guy. The the bad guy can't be scared of him right off the bat. So this is the this is the kind of drifter, the bounty hunter, the guy who actually doesn't have any authority beyond his own, but can handle himself. It was needed that he be modernized as a bouncer, essentially, a man who can look after himself but doesn't actually have an invested authority. Okay. Okay. So it's um. So, so I mean, essentially, the defence is saying that it, it only works that he's not a cop. Um, being a bouncer is a reasonable thing. There's a reason for it. There's a, re- there's a good reason. Generally for Generally, on it. the right side of the law. <laughs> and, exactly. And lets you see his and it lets yeah, you see his character. Exactly. There's a bit of charm as well that he's an everyman. You know, he's, he's he's just a bouncer at the end of the day. So when you go and see him absolutely battering people and, and ripping shit up, it's quite satisfying to see because you know, like, hey, this could be me. <laughs> <laughs> None of that's true. Okay. Obviously, I just I don't feel like I want. To, I just uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't agree. I'm not sure where to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's go. Let's move move on from that point. So this is what 1989. Uh, I believe so. Filmed. Yeah. So does that make it? Is this essentially Swayze's next film after Dirty Dancing? Is that I don't know if it was his it? next film, but I think... Yeah, that... I think so. It was, you know, it was pretty, pretty soon after, because he wanted to do something different, I think. Basically, but... Ozzy, they, they cashed in on the fact that Swayze was in Dirty Dancing big time on this. You know, they had him without his top on, like doing all eloquent or as eloquent as possible moves as much as they could. Um, that was the whole premise <laughs> of this film. And, you know, I don't think anybody can say this is a good film. I think even if you enjoy it, you have to admit that it's a shit film and you know some people just like shit films like Gav and that's fine but to say this film is anything other than shit is just a blatant <laughs> lie <laughs> I'm it's it's true. You. I think people could say as well that you know you could see how people could say oh it's so it's so bad it's it's good you know I think that's what a lot of people but I, I don't I don't I don't get that you know I don't even get that from to be honest, it, it's not actually a very nice film as well. Like the the action gets quite quite horrific towards in some points, and it, and it goes from sort of like throwing people through windows. Like I say at the start of the film, I still think this is a two different films, which they just decided to go in a different direction, and it ends up with people being shot and having their throats ripped out and all this stuff. And it just gets towards the emery a bit, like oh, that that didn't need to happen. That character didn't need to die. This didn't. So it's it's not. It's not a nice watch by the end. Sorry, did you say someone's throat gets ripped out? Yeah, Patrick yeah. Swayze ripped yeah. his throat. Oh, hey, okay, okay. Austin, how many times have you been having beef with a local hoodlum? And you just, <laughs> you just, <laughs> just, you mean, just have a bit of beef. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, mate. I, you know, I I personally think that this is a good film, right? But I will also contest that it can also be in the category of so bad it's good right but so for me i think not only are the good bits good but also the bad bits are actually good as well so uh, for me that's, that's a perfect film i, I will say uh, on that r- remark so we can't get around the fact that it was a bit of a box office bomb when it came out i think because marketing they marketed it as sort of like a light more light-hearted so 
because uh, they wanted to attract uh, a mm. more female audience because Patrick Swayze was in it and he's got his top off and a lot of kind Man, of the audience if, they, if that was the aim they really fucked that big time <laughs> yeah. this is uh, the most might... metal heavy film I think I've seen <laughs> in a long a long long can time you, can you imagine like your favourite film being Dirty Dancing and like oh Patrick Swayze is in this new film and he's got his top off they say it's a bit like Dirty Dancing but a bit a bit you know naughty or whatever you go there and some guy getting his throat ripped out <laughs> 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 um, no, so, uh, yeah, but it, it got a cool following that as soon as it released the the video. Every film that you put on that you say is good, you always say it's cult, and that's just another <laughs> word for shit. And I say it's oh, every no, single word. That's unfair. That is just another word for shit. person who likes a shit film, so they call it a cult <laughs> film. <laughs> <laughs> this was listed as one of the 100 most enjoyably bad movies ever in the Golden Raspberry Official Razzie Movie Guide. Right. So, is that like, but that, right, so all I'm saying is that people enjoy it, regardless of whether you think that, you know, like it's a stellar film. You know, it doesn't have to be The Godfather. Yeah, but they enjoy, enjoy it. Because if you enjoyed it, yeah, it's a good film. No, no, no. They enjoy it no, because it's you're getting it mixed up. Uh, you can't have your cake and eat it on this one. People in life enjoy getting, you know, punched in the bollocks or whatever. <laughs> but it doesn't mean it's a good thing, does it? It's just some people enjoy it. Getting punched in the bollocks has got a cult following, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So I think we 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 clearly agree to disagree about whether it's bad for bad sake or whether it's so bad that it's good. Um, but in terms of the let let's try and break it down into maybe a movie terms. So I think we totally we agree that it's essentially two stories, and um, and, and 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 the defense argument there is that that makes it disjointed. Uh, it may sorry means that it doesn't really matter because it's just entertainment. And that's that's really what you're there for. It's full on entertainment, and you see. Uh, I mean, how does it round off? What what's the end? What, what does he get? Are you just aiming for all the round puns? Or he? <laughs> <laughs> like like what 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 does happen at the end? Does he? Um, is it a, you know? Is it a pleasant ending? No. So so uh, like Wade Garrett, um, his mate Sam Elliott gets stabbed to death on the bar. And, you know, which is a bit of a, whoa, you know what I mean? That's Sam Elliott. I quite like Sam Elliott. It's, it's sad to see him go. And it's off screen as well. So it's a bit, it's a bit of a shame. I think it could have been better, a bit more impactful if it, if it died maybe when he was there. But anyway, and then, and then just out of nowhere, Swayze just goes completely like Schwarzenegger and just runs this bouncer. Do you know what I mean? I know he's, I know he studied philosophy and he does Tai Chi, but this bouncer just becomes this ninja who infiltrates this house just takes people apart left and right and you don't even see it the thing is he runs into the building and it's just like instantly sick to them are dead do you know what I mean like there's a guy walking around and just, he's just looking around and there's just fucking carnage everywhere and it's like yeah don't annoy a bouncer do you know what I mean they will come in and like, like they are they are they are trained in it just would make sense if he had been a lawman you know what I mean? Or if he'd been special forces it just doesn't make any sense and at the end it's just not again it's just not nice watch you know this isn't like a fun action film where you have you know like die hard you know what i mean it's, it keeps its tone keeps its comedy all the way through it at the end it's it's not it's like people getting shot by shotguns and people being stabbed and it's just yeah unpleasant is how it ends i would say Sorry, you can jump in. You don't need me to tell I can, you. I can jump in. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like politely raising my hand. <laughs> I'm waiting to be given permission to speak. Door, Dave. <laughs> no, I, I disagree with what Alex is saying there. I really do. I think you don't know much about Patrick Swayze's background. He may be Special Forces for all you know. You don't even know his first name. You know, it is that it's the the man in black from a Western sort of style thing. His background is very cloudy at best. Like I say, you only know his first name. You only know it's James if you look at his medical records. You know, when he's uh, getting his medical records signed by the doctor, when he goes to get uh, stitched up, it says James Dalton. Other than that, he just goes by Dalton. He goes by one name. So you don't know his background. You don't know anything about him. Typical Western style. You know, he went to, he did philosophy at uni. He has a talk. You know, he killed someone in Memphis. So he talks yeah. about himself in the but film. But he doesn't it's say that he was in special forces or anything like that. that but there's no reason why he couldn't be. 
think it makes any sense because there's no reason why he couldn't have been. Well. Or he couldn't yeah, have had medical. Yeah. He couldn't have had. He could <laughs> have had military <laughs> training. He could have had law training. Yeah, he could have had. There's been, no reason yeah, why not. Know, do you know what I mean? But his first been, name's yeah, not mentioned yeah, either. Oh well, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in. Okay, you got his first name's not mentioned. Sorry. Order. Order. This is Patrick you look order. at that order. I'm listening. Order. I think you should, you should, you should talk up some points there, Ozzy. Order. Think Josiah and listen to you think back on like a bunch of idiots and I've just come in with one point at the end and now I'm getting dock points. Shut up, you are. <laughs> Dave, Dave saying, uh, no, uh, no, Dave saying that, you know, like he could have been special forces, you don't know. I, I can do that. Better. I don't know what Dave's saying. I want to listen to the music. What what's the sound like? Is it is it is it a good soundtrack? I assume it is. If you got Jeff Healy in there, and if I may, yeah, it's it's a very good soundtrack. It's like you say, you got Jeff Healy who plays the lead singer of the uh, the house band of the of the bar. So you got him doing a lot of live art, a lot of live music, and he was a brilliant blues guitarist. Sorely missed. He was a fantastic talent. So you got a lot of live music from Jeff Healy. The rest of the soundtrack is kind of full of, of Bob Seger. Bob Seger's got a couple of tracks on there. It's that kind of ilk. It's that kind of vein. Kind of good Midwestern. 80s rock music very contemporary for the time so it's, it's a decent soundtrack i think and did you say so he's so jeff healy's in in the film yeah literally in the film yeah uh, a much younger jeff healy than i remember he was only in his mid-20s i think when he did this but yeah, a much younger jeff healy like so many um musicians in in films how does he do with his uh with his acting i assume he doesn't get that much of an acting role but it's quite a big part. Yeah. yeah, it's bigger than you might think, actually. He's, he, he knew uh, Dalton from a previous bar, I think, that Dalton sorted out, that Dalton fixed. Um, and yeah, he's, he's fine, to be honest with you, Jeff Healy. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, obviously, as, as a, a blind man, there wouldn't be like acting roles opening up for him. He'd, be, he'd, he'd struggled to gotten more acting work if he'd wanted to go into it. But he was a blues guitarist, first and foremost. I don't think there was any consideration that he would move on into acting. But he does fine for this role. It, it suits him. Yeah, okay. So, so, yeah, I'd just like to kind of briefly speak about the script, if that's okay. Oh, yeah, um, of course. Yeah, we didn't even touch on that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to be kind. Uh, I think one of my favorite quotes is, um, you know, Patrick's raised, he's getting kind of uh, some medical attention at the hospital, and, and the nurse says to him, oh, you know, do you enjoy pain? And he just looks at her with, like, this really kind of cheeky grin, and he's like, pain doesn't hurt. It's, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and there's, there's so many lines like that in, in this entire thing. And you can say all you want, you know, oh, it's just, you know, cheesy 80s or cheesy 90s action. But at the end of the day, the script does not make sense. It just goes from cut to cut of Patrick Swayze kicking people in the face over the smallest, the smallest things. <laughs> you know, like I just gave an example just before. When, when we weren't recording, you know, your friend walks into a bar, he just gets kicked in the face. It's essentially what happens in this film over and over and over again. And, you know, it's funny because in, you know, uh, Arnie films, there's at least some kind of witty banter, you know, like when uh, like an icicle goes through somebody, it's like, oh, I ice that guy or whatever. <laughs> all, all that type of stuff is missing from this film as well. You know, they couldn't even be bothered to add in the witty one-liners and, and you know, it, it's just another nail in the coffin, I think. Because uh, I feel it's like more a bad realistic. one, I guess. Go on. It's, it's more realistic. Do not play that It's more gritty, you know, like, but the thing is, isn't oh it, like, like, honestly, you made that line before. Like, uh, Patrick Swayze delivers it with more than enough panache and charisma. Like, Joel delivered it like it was out of an episode of fucking Dark Place. Pain doesn't hurt. <laughs> <glass, you know, laughs> like, he, he delivers it, he's like, pain don't hurt. You know, like, it's classic sort of 80s like badassery you know like there's loads of, of instances like that with him and Sam Elliott this film is just like ultra macho I think like this is the type of film if you like on a Friday night you want to get a couple of beers out and just watch a film where two men punch the living piss out of each other this is your film you know like well we're talking about this <laughs> exactly. well, if you can't afford USC pay-per-view put on Roadhouse you know like, like that's it essentially like we're going to talk about the script and the dialogue and the characters you gives a shit about any of that when you've got Patrick oh. Sweezy topless oh, I'm going to remember this can we can we play a soundbite over and over again <laughs> <laughs> in future films 
Yeah, we definitely can. I'm safe. I just, I just liked it. Okay. It's going to be my argument every time I'm against Gav. <laughs> uh, Alex, Alex. A, a lot of what Gav just said was just unbelievable there. Uh, like, he, he, you know, when he's talking about this being gritty and realistic, this is Roadhouse. Do you know what I mean? I know you might not have seen it, right? But just remember, this is the film Roadhouse. It's not famous to be a gritty and realistic take what Bounce would do in a town that was, you know, taken over. It's ridiculous to say it's gritty and realistic. Also, just to talk about this, you know, to talk about the script and the characters. The characters are paper thin. And yeah, okay, it's 80s action. That is probably going to be the case. But they're not good characters. They're not enjoyable characters. Um, I need to talk a bit about the women here because there aren't any female characters, basically. Um, Doc, uh, played by Kelly Lynch, is, is just a sex trophy. I know she's a doctor, but she's literally just a doctor for about a, a two seconds in it. So it's like, oh, she's a doctor. She's she's worth Swayze's time, almost. So she doesn't have pretty much any anything in the film. Um, Julie Michaels plays Denise. Again, she just gets her legs out, gets her tits out, basically. Um, you know, yeah, I know I know what people are going to say. It's of the time, but, you know, Hitchcock was in the 50s and the 60s and it didn't happen then. Do you know what I mean? So this is a choice that they were making in the 80s. And, you know, even if it was of the time, now when you're looking back on it, it's just, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's uncomfortable to watch it. Gav was saying this is a masculine film. Well, if the phrase toxic masculinity has any relevance or means anything then roadhouse is toxic masculinity encapsulated that is exactly what it is so unless toxic masculinity doesn't exist like roadhouse is it basically if you want to see what it is like watch roadhouse <laughs> alex i will say that people who have toxic masculinity issues need movies as well and this is the perfect movie for them and you fucking to hitchcock like hitchcock didn't make like ultra violent i'm not comparing i'm not comparing around us kicking each other as you know i wasn't comparing hitchcock i was saying that basically the treatment of women i know because i could see people going to say oh it's 80 and this is what it was like then. Well, no, further back, that didn't happen, so it shouldn't have been happening then. Do you know what I mean? People will have <laughs> feminists will have been looking at it then, you know, less than now, they wouldn't have been as popular, but they would have been looking at it and going, that's absolutely ridiculous. And, they, you know, if it was true then, it's true now. I'm not going to try and, and defend the depiction of uh, females in this and, you know, say that there are decent female characters, because there's not, right? But the, there is a type of film that was, that was prevalent in the 80s especially, which is this sort of ultra-manly, or like idea of what manly is anyway, type of action film, where it's essentially two guys, one good, one bad, just fighting and, and that and that's it it's like the same thing with anybody who wants to watch boxing or ufc or you know like whatever you know it's 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 those sort of like two very ultra macho guys going head to head toxic toxic <laughs> relationship would you say between them <laughs> but, so, like, between I, I, these two but the, but the thing is, is that you know i'm not saying that like that's a, 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 a great um I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's, it's a good thing i'm just saying that it's it's something that happens and you know you can't just like pretend that it didn't exist you know what i mean and, and <laughs> i'm saying it shouldn't have yeah <laughs> no, but, 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 like, it's already there it's already done and it's a great example of it <laughs> wow it's, it, it's, 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 it's what's the difference between this and top gun should we say? And Top Gun is once again another like uh, highly lauded action film from the eighties. You know, very ultra macho, very ultra you sort of manly film about you know topless men like competing against each other. That's essentially the same film. Like, the female characters are secondary. You know, I'm not saying that. Uh, that's I don't right think. At all. I don't think there's quite as much people like women just throwing the clothes off constantly. I mean, the film starts with like a shot of a woman's legs getting out of a car. Like the camera pans up her legs. It gets to her ass. Roadhouse appears on her ass, and then the film carries on. The legs walk away. We never see them again, and the film carries on. I mean, so uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's that's different to Top Gun. Yeah, what is the font like? I, I didn't <laughs> but the, the font didn't want is to, fantastic. <laughs> is it reminiscent Old of any other films? Yeah, yeah, it's oh, it's brilliant. And that that female character that Alex was talking about, she's the third highest build. Bear in mind, she only appears in like those opening eleven seconds. <laughs> right, do, uh, does anyone have anything 
more that we've not really touched upon that definitely needs to be touched upon. Go on, Gav. Yeah, I think, the, you know, this is an action film. This is like a classic sort of action film where we haven't spoken enough about the action. You know, I, I think that this is pretty good example of a, a great 80s action film. Like All of the actors did their own stunts in this. Patrick Swayze was trained by kickboxing champion Benny, uh, what is it, Dave? Benny, uh, Benny Hill. Uh, I think it was Benny. like, yeah. Uh, not Benny Hill no Um, and you can tell you know Patrick Swayze looks amazing in this there's lots of long wide takes of him fighting and he looks like a genuine badass apparently this uh, Equites was so impressed with Swayze's ability that he was trying to persuade him to take up kickboxing professionally after this film Uh, you know there's so many scenes where you think that oh you know if if you bumped into Patrick Swayze on a dark night you wouldn't want to mess with him because he would beat the living piss out of you like the kickboxing scene off on a dark night though would he (laughs) I mean I, you know, I told hope if I was going to get beaten up by anybody, uh, you know, to really be somebody as, as handsome as I don't think Swayze on a dark night with grease all over him. Getting beaten up would be the last thing on my mind. <laughs> uh, now you're talking about my dreams, man. <laughs> the, the kickboxing scene between Dalton and Jimmy, who is like the main henchman for the, the uh, town villain, is absolutely epic. Uh, like It goes on for about 10 minutes. It's just two guys beating the living snot out of each other. Apparently, these two actors didn't initially get along when they first started films. Uh, and... But when they started to film this scene, they realized that they, you know, were both incredibly dedicated to making the fighting as realistic as possible. And just they earned each, each other's, other. uh, yeah, by just beating each other. That's essentially what it is. But like, like they earned each other's respect and trust so much that they were able to improvise and throw real punches and kicks at each other. And, you know, they were, they, they were, rec- you know, encouraging each other to do that. And there's one bit in it in particular where Jimmy hits Dalton with a log, which the actor thought was a prop. Needless to say, it wasn't. And it uh, broke. T- of Swayze's ribs and uh, you know the thing is is that like he's such a badass that he just kept on going you know and it and that scene ends up with Patrick Swayze or I keep on saying Patrick Swayze it's the character that rips the guy's throat out I don't think that that bit was real but that's just one that's just one scene that, that, that's admittedly the best action scene in it but there's so many different uh, action scenes in it where you know people like different. look many action scenes they're not different there's a lot of Swayze Randos kicking people they're not that different though are they no I, th- I think that the director has tried to give it a different feel uh, you know uh, admittedly there's similar types of fights but you know there's different feels to them definitely like the setting well, I mean, the people it, who are involved it's, it's, the style they're in a slightly fighting. different place there's, there's not different styles of fighting it's, there's no yeah, like there case yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah, the I, th- I, think, I think I read somewhere there was about like six different styles of fighting techniques that were used in it, and you know, I like, yes, yeah, so, well, so, so okay, right. So say uh, Jimmy and Dalton, they're using like a combination of like what well, uh, kickboxing um, and Tai Chi and whatever. <laughs> tai Chi, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's peaceful, you know. Uh, uh, but then you know, like if you. Average Joe slobs or whatever—they're just using normal sort of punching and kicking or whatever. <laughs> you know, like everybody's got a different style to them. You know, it's kickboxing and no. just normal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> isn't a fucking, isn't a martial art, and like the other two are just kickboxing and normal fighting. So that's, that's two. That's two if, if I may, if I may, Patrick Swayze was trained in Aikido and Taekwondo, and those are the two styles that are brought into his fighting style because he was trained in those as a young man. Um, yeah, Gav is right. The martial arts coordinator did uh, give everyone their own distinct style. Um, he, he to get people's heads around it a bit more, he based them on animals. So he told Sam Elliott, who had no martial arts training whatsoever, he said, your style is going to be like based on a bear. Because obviously Sam Elliott, I think, was in his 40s when he came to do this. He's like, you're not young. You're not going to, you're not as lithe as some of the others. So he said, it's going to be more stocky, more stand your ground sort of style of fighting. So he actually, he gave all the principal actors kind of um, their own kind of fighting style. And those that didn't have a background, he gave them an animal to relate to, to teach them this style. So the real, some real effort went into the, the fight choreography and the fight training. I mean, Marshall Teague, who Gav was talking about there, who played Jimmy, was another experienced martial artist like Patrick Swayze. So the two of them, I think Teague was based on a mongoose, he told everyone. He's like, his style's going to be like a mongoose. And I forget what Swayze's was now, but either way, he put a lot of thought into this, a lot of effort to bring even the most experienced martial artists and those that were learning it for the first time onto the same kind of level playing field. And it, it worked. These action sequences are really well done. 
Uh, Joel, Joel, um, you're you're an action guy, what, what, and, and fight scenes. You know, and you've seen a hell of a lot of them. What do you think about this? Is this does, do the fight scenes work? Can you the tell the different styles? Are, you know, all right, but you know, as I said before, means nothing when what's going on around them and the fight scene itself is 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 pointless. Um, you know, it's like what I said. It, they just spark fights over the smallest things, and when that happens, you know, who cares if they're showcasing all this martial arts and and that type of thing? You may as well watch professional fighting and watch the real thing. Um, so, yeah, the the action sequences are the best thing about this film. I said on our little WhatsApp, I always want to call this film Roundhouse, not because, <laughs> like, you know, it, it's similar title, just because that's what's happening all the time. Um, <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> well, that's a good point. So, I mean, I, I made a note of this earlier, right? It's, it's just trying to work out about characters and, you know, Joel brought it up earlier as well about the script. Is there, is there a motivation? I think somebody said that um, the the villain Wesley is basically just like a, a, a motivation. Mind, but is but he, he owns the ask. town, doesn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, the, it's well, he doesn't own the town, but he's got his fingers in a lot of pies. So, so isn't it better for him if the pies are working well? Pies? Well, the thing is, the thing is, is that a lot of the companies, <laughs> a lot of the businesses are giving him like a, a slice of the pies. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so if the pie is a bigger pie, you'll get a bigger <laughs> slice. So it's paying like protection money to, to this guy essentially, and he's keeps on driving the prices up. Uh, and when you know um, Dalton comes to town, he's essentially saying, "No, we don't want you know that um, you here anymore. You know, all the profits are going to be kept." In house, also all your all the shenanigans that you have in here, all the drug dealing, all the, is uh, the, the guy's nephew who's working behind the bar who's skimming um, the, some of the profits off. He's like taking a hundred pounds away every night. He's gone as well. Um, some of your, your mates who are acting as bouncers are essentially there for an easy day pay. We want them out as well. And you know, so he changes it, and that's greatly affecting Wesley's income because you know that's one of his main sources of income from the town because he is also supplying all the whiskey and the alcohol that goes into it as well and you know it's 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 up you know he wants more money back from it as well as the protection money that he's getting okay all right that sounds like some sort of uh, motivation it's it, not it's i'm not, sure right. when i watch the film i'll be able to piece that together and decide for myself about that but um okay so he wants to be the big swinging dick in town and patrick swayze comes along and everybody knows that that guy he's, is he's got the swingiest dick in town. <laughs> yeah. and on that note do you have a uh, all right well uh, has anyone got any any of the closing points i think we touched on action we've touched on music we've touched on script We've I think touched it's best on to leave it there with that closing statement. Visuals, yeah. We haven't touched on Patrick Swayze's bare ass, although we would like well, to. That was, that was literally the first. The fe- your opening statement was the bare <laughs> ass, your, and your closing statement was his swinging dick. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so on that note, do you have a quiz? I do have a quiz, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this isn't the quiz that you might have probably expected, but uh, what what you might have noticed, one of the ca- uh, the cast members is uh, wrestler. I would say former wrestler, but he's probably still wrestling. Uh, Terry Funk. Uh, he plays one of the heavies that gets his uh, you know face roundhouse kicked several times, and he appears in it. Uh, so, this quiz is all about wrestlers who've been in film, and the quiz is called wrestling with my conscience um so <laughs> that, that how you feel watching roadhouse <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm all about, I'm all about quality in films uh, but uh, you know like it's you know it's yeah wrestling with my conscience um okay so number one terry funk appeared in this film as i've just said and he also appeared in the by the way fingers to your buzzers um he also appeared in the Sylvester Stallone starring Over the Top. But what type of sport was that film about? Is it about kicking people over the uh, over over a wall? No, although it's probably as much of a sport as that. Um, you won't get this in the Olympics. Uh, oh, it's not in the Olympics. It's not in the Olympics. Oh, I thought it was going to be pole vaulting, but no. Okay. No, no. Over the top. I want uh, to see a Sylvester Stallone film about pole vault. No? <laughs> I, um, it's less of a sport, more something that you'd see two sweaty men doing in a bar. Um, Drink bar. buzz. 
Buzz. Okay. Arm wrestling. Arm wrestling. Arm wrestling it is, yes. Well done. Okay, They Live is probably the best film with a wrestler in it, um, but what is the name of Roddy Piper's character in it? Uh, uh, okay, Alex, you... No, Alex, you know this word because it means nothing in Spanish. Nada. Yeah, there you go. Um, number three, Jesse Ventura. Well, you get a point. You get a point. Yeah, you get two points for remembering Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three, Jesse Ventura appeared in three films with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Can you name all three, Dave? Um, he's in The Running Man. Yep. He's in Predator. Yep. And he's in C- Commando? No, no. Uh, no, this one came out in 1997. Last Action Hero? No. Um, it was nearly the death. Oh, I know, Batman and Robin. It was Batman and Robin. Well done, Joel. Well done. Okay, number four. Which wrestler acts as the enforcer for Eric Roberts' villain in The Expendables? Cold, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's right, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well done. And uh, number five, which wrestler played a dog-loving vampire in the seriously shit Blade 3? Bam. Dave? Bill Goldberg? No. Alex? Triple H? Yes, it was Triple H. Well done. Uh, I think this is uh, this is even. Everybody's getting even points here. Uh, apart from Ozzy, you're doing terrible. Sorry, mate. I know, yeah. Well, after, um, after, after massively missing the mark with the uh, with my ball vaulting, I was trying to work out whether I, whether I actually knew about any wrestlers at all. <laughs> okay, it's what you should know, Pino. Macho Man Randy Savage makes one of the all-time best wrestler cameos when he played Bonesaw in Spider-Man. But how long is Peter Parker required to stay in the ring with him how long three three rounds well done Joel three minutes I got you for three minutes of (laughs) playtime anyway sorry (laughs) (laughs) the seven which wrestler makes a cameo as a large topless Santa in the hit list certified film Jingle All The Way God Hulk Hogan no although Warrior uh, no, he did defeat Hulk Hogan for the WCW World Title. Yeah, I don't think we're going to know that one. <laughs> it was uh, the Big Show. The Big uh, Show played the big topless Santa. Big show. Um, okay, next one. Uh, Hulk Hogan appeared as one of the opponents in Rocky Three, but what was his character's name? No idea. Uh, uh, it's a clue. It sounds like Joel's porn pseudonym. <laughs> uh, which one? I've had so many. <laughs> I don't want to guess. Okay, it's Thunder Lips. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number nine. Which wrestler? <laughs> which wrestler plays an aging stripper in Magic Mike? Um, Dave, Kevin Nash. Yes, well done. And we reviewed uh, Magic Mike with Kevin Nash in last year. And if you haven't checked it out, I would highly advise it. Next one, number 10. What is the name of the festive classic I watch every year starring wrestling legend Bill Goldberg? Alex Lay. Dante's Slay, well done. Featuring the line, Christmas can scare the dickens out of some people. (laughs) Oh, what a treat. Anyway, Andre the Giant was in The Princess Bride. He made such an impression on Billy Crystal that Crystal later wrote, produced, and starred in a comedy inspired by his time with Andre. What was it called? Um, Dave. Is it My Giant? It is My Giant. Well done. Uh, number 12, Batista is one wrestler who has successfully made the transition to movie star. One of his career highlights so far was appearing in Spectre, but what was his character's name? Inspector. Oh. Inspector. I, I would also is- highly argue that that was a highlight for him, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, I'm more angry that you think Spectre's a highlight than I am. What's, what's, his, character's name? Question. what's his character's name in Guardians of the Galaxy, then? Drax. Uh, Drax. Well done, Drax. Uh, and if, for your reference, it was Hinks. It's the character name. Just like Sphinx. Uh, anyway, number <laughs> 13, John Cena makes a hilarious cameo as a drug dealer in which Tina Fey and Amy Poehler comedy? Um, 
Take your ass this. No, it, it, it's a clue. What, what, it, what year did it, it come out? Um, I don't know, 2017 maybe? Trainwreck? Here's a clue. Joel's got one, but nobody else has. Dog. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell him. I'm very sorry. Firstly, Dave and Austin have got dogs as well, but no, it's uh, Sisters. Yeah. That was the name. Sisters. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, number 14, Jerry <laughs> the King Global uh, starred as himself in which biopic? Um, biopic? Um, Man on the Moon. Uh, Dave? Man, Man on, on the moon. moon, well done. Uh, Man on the Moon, and that was a biopic of Dave. Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman, well done. Number 15, ending with the greatest here, obviously, The Rock. Uh, we all know that he is one of the greatest performers of our generation. Uh, I don't think anybody's denying that, especially not Alex. Uh, but he's also a very talented producer, and he's currently working on producing a film about which other wrestling legend? One of the greatest... Well, widely considered as one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest. Hulk Hogan. No. He's won a record 16 world titles. British Bulldog. No. (laughs) Stone Cold. No, no, you're all terrible. Rick Flair. Rick Flair. Rick Flair. Flair. That's a fucking living meme. (laughs) <laughs> and produced the um, the thingy one as well. The uh, fighting with my family. Wasn't he he did that? produce that one. Yeah, that was about Paige. Yeah, yeah he cast himself in it as well, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, because he was an integral part of Paige's wrestling story. Apparently, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very good film, though. <laughs> anyway, that's it, Ozzy. I, I think the winner was Dave. So well done, Dave. Uh, well I'm going to send to you um, uh, wrestling. What every good wrestler needs a jock strap, and um, definitely <laughs> doesn't back that before it gets to, to your house. <laughs> Probably just burn it to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for that, Gav. That sounded like a quiz of two halves as well, to be honest with you. Much like what this film sounds like. Um, I don't know, it's a, this certainly stirred up a lot of emotions, it seemed, throughout the uh, the team. It, it sounds massively dated, you know, we've got poor hair, topless buff men, badly portrayed female characters, um, and it's good points. Um, <laughs> this, you know, there, I've got a list there, great music, plenty of action, and topless buff men. Also on the on the, on the good list, uh, I don't know. And overall, nobody seemed to really counteract the the, the lack of uh, coherent story. It didn't seem to really know what it was sounding like. But it also looking at your faces on the screen because you know, some I reckon maybe you didn't realise that when you're not talking, I can still see you. Um, it sounds like maybe it's entertaining if it catches you in the right the right time. Um, I don't know. It's a tough one. It sounds massively shit. But um, I think I'm going to round house kick it just about over the fence onto the hit list. (laughs) 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 Wow. Wow. What a new wild card. (laughs) 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 So so what did they genuinely think? Start with Dave. Um, it it's shit. It is a really shit film, but <laughs> I love it. I genuinely do enjoy watching Roadhouse. I said, uh, I said to Cat a while ago, it's like, oh, we've got to watch Roadhouse. It's like, oh yeah, we watched it a little while ago, and it's like, yeah, and I may have watched it in between the last time I watched it with you as well. <laughs> I enjoy Roadhouse. I mean, it, I think you've summed it up quite well, and I think Roger Ebert summed it up in a similar manner when he oh said. He said it's a terrible film. There's no way of saying it's a good film, but it's highly enjoyable if you're in the right frame of mind. <laughs> and he's right. It, 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 so it all depends. What do you think about is a, a good film? Does it need to have more about it or can it just be entertaining and enjoyable? If the answer is the latter, then you know what? It's in the right place. Um, I think quite, quite often I've uh, put a film on the hit list for that, for that reason, I suppose. So I, I do the same. I do the same. I, as long as I'm entertained, I can forgive a lot. 
Yeah, I, I will 100% agree with Dave. It's not a very good film, <laughs> but I had more fun watching it than I have done some of the big, like, I'm just trying to think of, like, what's a big action film that we've seen recently, like Men in Black International. I, I, saw, I saw a little bit of that again at the weekend, and I was like, man, that was a shit film. So I had more t- fun enjoying Roadhouse than I did on Men in Black International. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's It's not a good film, but you can still have a laugh while you're watching it, I think. Uh, I don't think Alex is going to agree with me though. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I'd say the right frame of mind to watch this would be at least at least a kilogram of smack. So if you've got that, like, <laughs> make sure you load up. Uh, like the problems with the film are so much that you can't enjoy it. The, the, the problems with women in it make it unenjoyable. And it is a film of two halves. And the first half of the film, you think it's going to be fun and it's going to be lighthearted. And it's just unpleasant towards the end. And, and honestly, you can't, it's not enjoyable because it's so dated. So, no, I, I would have put it on the shit list. Uh, uh, yeah, for, you know, I'm somebody who enjoys action. If the plot is thin, but the action's great, you know, I'm all for it at the end of the day. You know, I've, I've never kind of shied away from that, but this film is horrific. <laughs> like, it, it is truly, <laughs> truly terrible. Um, yeah, I don't really know where to go from there. I thought I would enjoy it because you know it's uh, it's very yeah. action heavy and, and rounders kicking and throat punching. You know what doesn't sound great about that, but there's just no point to it. You know, like I said in in the uh, in in the trial and when there isn't, you just find yourself. You know, you you, you don't give a shit, and it is very kind of macho heavy. Probably one of it, one of if not the most macho heavy film I think we've ever put on trial. To be yes, fair. definitely, yeah. That's right. I think you, you're such an enigma, Joel, because I thought that this would have been the film that you would have loved the most. He's an enigma. He's an enigma. <laughs> this is the guy who said gravity was like way over the line sexist. <laughs> like way, 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 way over the line sexist. And yet, come watch Roadhouse. So he's an enigma. <laughs> like, like, at least gravity, like, or at least Roadhouse wasn't pretending to be something that it is. You know what I mean? Don't eat. Even. Don't even. I will break this lockdown and walk to your house right now. I swear to Christ. All I'm saying is, did gravity end up on the hit list or the shit list? I can't remember. Shit list. Shit list. <laughs> yeah, shit list. I think so. I think I was the judge. Oh, my I mean, it might be on the hit list. I don't know. Ozzy is the wild card. We've always said it. Oh, if yeah, you want a shit that. film on the hit list, Ozzy is your man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, so um, higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Extraction, which got 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to get considerably lower. <laughs> say lower. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say higher. I'm going to say higher. Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you very much. You're wrong, though. It is lower. It's <laughs> <laughs> 89% of Rotten Tomatoes. I will say, though, because I was like, oh, I thought that's a bit lower than I thought it was going to be, considering like it's such apparently a, a big cult uh, favourite. But there's only 44 votes, and most of them were actually from the 80s. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe <laughs> if anybody wants to do a retrospective of this, it might get the right rate a bit higher. Um but once again, I put a poll up on the on Twitter over the weekend and asked our friends and followers which list Roadhouse should be placed on, and seventy four percent of them decided it should be placed on the hit list. So have that, Alex. Shove that up your pipe. How many, how many votes did we get? Um, Four. <laughs> no, we got thirty seven. Fair enough. So, yeah, I want you to go. I can't do the math, but I want you to go and tell those 20 other people. Um, uh, Right, okay. Now, uh, before we call it a day, I think it's time for a caption contest. So, what we do here is we take a screenshot of the film and we place it on Twitter and ask our friends and followers to provide a funny caption with the best one winning a frog shaped chocolatey treat. Okay, so the caption here or the scene is Brad Wesley's monster truck crashing and crushing uh, all of the cars in a local showroom. That's another thing that we missed out, Ozzy. Like, uh, 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 if you like explosions, there's explosions in this. 
Anna Monster Truck. There's like excessive explosions. When okay, the, I'm looking the, forward to uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a monster truck. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck was that guy keeping in his in his tool sheds? It was like it was just full of dynamite. Okay, okay. So number one. Um, when it's finally your turn to be on top. <laughs> Ooh, uh, <laughs> number two, they can't keep me quarantined. Uh, number three, this is Monster Jam. <laughs> number four, running short on meat at Costco. <laughs> uh, number five, what frontline workers want to do to the protesters. <laughs> uh, number six, what do you call a drunk driver in a monster truck? Patrick Swayze. <laughs> number seven, the only good station wagon is a dead station wagon. I'm not participating as much as I'm venting an entire childhood of embarrassment and frustration. I feel like the last one's got to get some station yeah, wagon beef off the... Uh, they deserve <laughs> yeah. chocolate. Hopefully yeah. that'll make it feel better. <laughs> Okay, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations to Moxie from Your Brain on Facts. You've just won yourself a Freddo. I hope it makes up for all the embarrassment and frustration you felt as a child. Uh, okay, so the next film has been picked out of the hat at random, and it is uh, 2019's horror, Midsummer. Uh, yeah, so all of the roles have also been picked out of the hat of random. So in the role of defense, it's going to be myself and Austin. In the role of prosecution, it's going to be Dave and Joel. And in the role of judge, is going to be Alex. So check it out. Anyway, thank you to everyone who has listened to this episode. If you liked the episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And why not leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? Just spread the warm love that is films on trial in as many years as possible. And Check us out on all social media at Film Trials on Twitter, Films on Trial on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. That's it, everyone. Roadhouse has Roundhouse kicked its way onto the hit list, and we're going to be in your ears next week with Midsummer. Goodbye. Goodbye.